Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode six of the Kong Roundtable. Today, as always, you're joined by me, Moller, otherwise known as Faye, and my two clowns, I, I mean partners. <laughs> Turn here once again. And crash here, per usual. More like Clown Fan 1000. Anyways, <laughs> for context, I first crash messed up the queue, and then Ton had to go get a pizza. For context. <laughs> These things happen sometimes, you know? I don't know. Real-life real <laughs> production drama. This is a hard job, people. <laughs> you don't know yeah. how hard it gets, guys. Come on. Anyways, today we are joined by two special guests. Our first double guest, unless you count Alex and Eric from Montreal's Men. Um, we are joined by RF, whose episodes have not come out yet, ironically. Hello. And we are also joined by Dan, whose first episode has come out. Hey, hi. And today we are discussing King Kong of Five, but before we get into that... RF and Dan, how what was your guys' first exposure to Kong? Um, uh, actually, it was through my grandma, whose first uh, her favorite movie was the uh, thirty three version, mm-hmm. and it was something that I was exposed to uh, while she. I think she lived at the time only twenty minutes away from us, so I was constantly being babysat by her. Mm-hmm. So uh, she just popped in uh, the 33 King Kong. I think I was probably around. It had to be when actually post Godzilla, post my exposure to Godzilla, because I think my sister was born at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was the first movie. And I remember that she said that it was one of her favorite movies alongside the Wizard of Oz. Oh, huh, cool. And then. I think, and this is so awful, like, I don't know what happened to her copy of the 33 version, but after that, the only version we had available to us was the 70s version. Oh, no. (laughs) So, for a while, that was, like, the only version we really had, and I was like, "Uh, I'm just gonna go watch Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um... For the exposure to 05 Kong, um, actually, it was in a theater. God, I forget. This might have been when, uh, God, I forget what the theater was, but it was like this actually really nice theater. I was kind of surprised my parents were ta- uh, taking me, uh, taking us to it. I don't even remember what for. I think it was like one of the Harry Potters or something. And there was a cardboard cutout. Of the scene where Kong is having the standoff with the V-Rex. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. You, you told me the story. And, uh, yeah, there wasn't even, like, a trailer out at the time for, like, I think another month. Mm-hmm. But I remember being really hyped because at the, uh, at the time I had just been exposed to uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. Uh, yeah, a couple years prior, I, I'd actually been watching them, and then like I was really excited because Peter Jackson was involved with this as well. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like two things that I actually love combined together. Yeah, and I, I just remember really liking the movie uh, as a kid. All right, cool, Dan. Um, well, 
I, I actually only watched the 33 one like a couple of years ago, but my first um, experience of King Kong other than cultural osmosis, osmosis was probably mm-hmm. there's, there was this American themed um, restaurant in a town near mine and we went to it and it had a big King Kong uh, on, on, <laughs> on the um, Empire State Building on this mural with all these iconic film stars on. And that was the first time I think it ever registered to me what King Kong was. So, um, and then I don't remember who took me to see this. I think it was my uncle. He used to take me to see films, and this this film fucking blew my little mind. Um, <laughs> I was obsessed. So uh, I remember seeing this film for the first time. I think because I was staying at my nan's afterwards, and I had nightmares, even though I really loved it. So, um, yeah, my first proper experience with Kong, I would say, is the, is this film. Um, Oh, that's King, cool. I, I I can't I can't say that um I would I would like place any other version of the characters um influential to me as this one um even the Skull Island version I prefer mm-hmm. 05 so yeah it's this, it, this film through and through it was my first introduction to giant monsters kind of well other than Godzilla 98 and my first introduction to Kong proper so yeah 05 all right, well, that's a good lead-in to the ratings. So, Crash, do you want to start us off with what you'd give Kong a 5 out of 10? Oh, yeah, I'd probably give Kong a 5. Probably, like, a 9 out of 10, at least. It's very good. Like, probably one of the best Kong movies we've seen so far. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, I mean, that's not saying a lot, I guess. There's, like, six, <laughs> eight movies, a lot of them are, we're like, oh, all right. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, this one really stood out a lot. And you can tell it's a really passion-filled movie by Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so, oh, Tom. Yeah, um, solid nine out of ten. Um, Peter Jackson always masterful director. Love his work, and he brings it here. There's stuff we will discuss, but um, I like this one. This one a lot. It was a special mm-hmm. place for me. Dan. Um. Yeah, I'd probably say out of out of um ten, I would give mm-hmm. it an eight. Um, oh. Like, even though I love it and I hold a lot of nostalgia for it, I think um, when I watched it last year and when I watched it just today, there are problems that hold it back a little bit, even though Mm -hmm. it holds such a personal, um, like, weight to it. I still, I still, I still think it's a fantastic film. I just think things, some things aren't that great. (laughs) Yeah. RF? Um. Honestly, I'm probably going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. It's still, like, one of my favorite (laughs) monster movies, but uh, I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are a few flaws that need to be addressed. Um, The ones we'll be uh, talking, I know you guys will be talking about, but also I felt like, and and, and this is, like, not to say that the people who say that this movie is too uh, long are valid, but I do think that some scenes kind of drag a, a tiny bit. More the action sequences, not even the build-up. I think okay. the build-up to Skull Island is perfect. Okay. Yeah, for me, I would give it, I would give it a 9 out of 10 as well. It's one of my favorite monster movies. But, of course, we have the typical RF scores here, so... <laughs> You know, this one's higher than I predicted, so I'm not gonna knock her. <laughs> what did you predict? I'd put it at a six out of ten. Yeah. 
Uh, because RF is like, I love this movie. Amazing. One of my favorites. Five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so as so as we were kind of saying, this movie was directed by Peter Jackson, who is most well known for the Lord of the Rings film. This this was his film he did right after Lord of the Rings because he actually supposed to be working on this in the 90s, but he didn't have the clout to get the budget he wanted for this. But after Lord of the Rings, of course, Universal was like, okay, we'll give you everything you want. So what did you guys think, think of how Peter Jackson did this? It's interesting looking at what his original concept was and how it he basically transformed it into almost a into almost a faithful reboot of the original like almost like bit for bit except that he took pieces of dialogue and took parts of the original and literally just made them part of Carl Denham's production mm -hmm. Whoever, whoever wants to go next can go. Yeah, and I mentioned this before, but like you can really tell Peter Jackson like big love for the original one. This movie has a lot of heart, and he makes a lot of like really nice small references to it, and really adapts in a really nice way. And obviously, using like his talent, like we've seen like Lord of the Rings, he gives like this movie a big sweeping feel to it. It makes it real feel like really truly epic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, obviously. The interesting thing with Peter Jackson is he kind of has this eye for almost like kind of a classical epic feel with his works, and it's very evident in Lord of the Rings, but here in um, King Kong, he also brings that energy, but he brings it in a different way. It almost feels like kind of a tribute to definitely Kong 33, but also just those classic um, adventure movies that you don't really see too much nowadays. Yeah. Dan? Um, as somebody who has, um, this is the only Peter Jackson film I've seen properly, uh, Crucify Me. Uh, wow, <laughs> I've, uh, I've, not I've, even I've Lord of the Rings? I've seen the Hobbit films in passing. I've, I've only watched half of the first Lord of the Rings film. Um, I wow. just can't, they're so long, it, I just need to set aside the time. I struggle with long films. Mm. Um, I um, think you can tell there is a lot of passion and love in this. I say more so than almost any like big like action blockbuster that isn't um a del toro film you can tell that jackson really did everything he could like you read behind the scenes stuff he made this his baby and i'm glad he got the clout and he was able to make it and not have his like vision compromised and you know mm -hmm. um basically reboot the original and then mean that when i did eventually watch the original i was bored out of my mind and <laughs> didn't enjoy it as much as I probably should have, but um, yeah, I I, uh, I I think he's. It just shows how incredible a filmmaker he is. He is obviously extremely talented and good at what mm -hmm. he does. Yeah, for me, with um, uh, Peter Jackson in this one, I think it's interesting to me just how different his style is in this compared to Lord of the Rings. Because while there is like some similarities, he's almost like like you couldn't tell Peter Jackson at first. Until you know it's him, and then you can see like little things like like you know, of course, the Weta type CGI and such. But beyond that, I feel like this is such a unique film from him. Though I do have to say though, I feel like his fantasy background can be seen a lot in how he chooses to like approach Skull Island, which feels a lot more fantasy to me than like Lost World. 
at least to me. Yeah, no, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does have a very supernatural feel to it, especially with like the way like the compass just stops working as soon as yeah. you get close to the island and stuff. Yeah. Or even like they're almost like destined to end up at Skull Island to a degree. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So we can talk about the humans first with the monsters. What would you guys like to go go get into first? Uh we can save the monsters for later, I guess. We get to the humans. Alright, sure. think humans are the heart of this, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Alright, well, to start off with, I think a good place to start with, of course. Well, actually, you know what? Because I'm I'm going to continue our trend we've been doing with, with, with the Kong Roundtable. So before we get into the characters, I think we should, we should address the elephant in the room. And that's how badly <laughs> Kong 05 does its native. <laughs> Uh, Ton, do you want to do the honors that we've been giving you of explaining? Sure, sure. So, (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm shaking right now. No. (laughs) So, in the troubled legacy of Skull Islander portrayals, we've had original King Kong with black actors and slightly in um pretty stereotypical African aesthetic. We had the full on Shaka Zulu Skull Islanders in two seventy five. Yeah. And then in the Japanese films you had Japanese people in brown face. But it who would have thought in two thousand five we would reach the pinnacle of Kong racing. <laughs> this is like a category five on the Kong racing <laughs> chart. Uh, you really want to out to thirty three man. He said, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the trouble here with the Skull Islanders here is like where the past Skull Islanders are caricatures of native people. These Skull Islanders are low tor orcs in human skin. Yeah, they're like they're brown face, um, skin paint. Like I honestly, it's pretty obviously none of these actors are like dark skinned people. Um, they're very savage and just have no culture whatsoever. They just show up to kill people. And even unlike Kong 33, these Skull Islanders get shot and killed by the film, by the um, crew of the venture. And it's treated as like heroic. It's just very not good. And I'm really not sure what led to the process of settling on these Skull Islanders. Yeah, I feel like the way the film handles the Skull Islanders, where they're basically monsters, which is, oh, uh, why not um, just re- why not just remove them? But b- go on, Dan. I sorry, I I with the with the um Skull Islanders, like this is like they were so horrific to me. I said I had nightmares when I saw this film. I was okay. Terrified. The funniest thing is that seems to be like a unanimous opinion among all yeah. of us how scary they are. Because crash, because crash, you mentioned it too. Yeah, they're, as a kid, they horrified me. Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, crash. Go on. I keep oh, on no, interrupting. No. Oh no, no, you're good. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> um, yes, because I agree. Like I know, as a kid, they uh, terrified me. A lot, a lot of aspects of this movie scared me as a kid a lot. But um, yeah, like here, these they're not even people. Like 
like even in the most in the most racist fucking comic movies, at least they like kind of have a culture. Like you're saying, at least they mm-hmm. kind of function as people and like they talk. You know, here they don't even communicate. They just instantly like murder them and are just evil savage beings that get shot at and then never return. Like that's it. They just show up, they kill some of the people, and then they're gone. And it's I don't know why this is the take they wanted to go with the natives. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like in, in no Kong movie have the natives ever killed anybody. Yeah, I don't think like that's such a weird turnaround for them. It's just so suspect. I don't know why he did that here. Yeah, I I, I, I don't really get it. As a kid, I used to like start on the DVD <laughs> straight after and had been taken because one, I found the whole venture boat crew boat uh, journey at the beginning boring, which I was so fucking wrong as a kid. But two, because I was so scared. And it's really weird. Like, as a kid, I never made that connection to how racist it was. Obviously, because I was a child. And, like, I, my mm. stepdad is black. And I never made, like, the connection between that at all. But I remember one time I was watching it. And I didn't skip past that scene. He came in and he sort of just sighed and then walked off. I'm trying to think, like, I'm, I'm thinking back now. I'm like, oh, now I know why he fucking sighed. Because this is so racist. <laughs> yeah. R- R- RF, do you want to go ahead? Because I know you said you had a lot of slaps on this one when we were watching. I honestly like it's something that like is incredibly uncomfortable. And yeah, at the time, to- as a kid, I did not really understand what was going on with this. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like disturbing how much they've just dehumanized them. And yeah. I get that, like, and I feel like. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell Peter Jackson's thought process was that led him to make this decision. And I feel like what what it probably was, was the root, like the horror movie Jackson roots coming in. Maybe he didn't intentionally, didn't intentionally want to make them racist, but like he wanted to make them scary. And I feel like, I well, like, okay, look at, oh, go on. Making things scary a lot of times dehumanizes them. Yeah. See, like, what I was going to say was I feel like Jackson knew the original stuff was racist, so he figured he'd go in a different direction. But I feel like in doing the way he did, where you're just making them inhuman beings, that's even more racist. Like, that's not less racist. You you went even more racist. It didn't fix anything. I also feel like this movie has the issue that Kong 76 had of where, like, they tried to incorporate non-white members of the crew more. Like, they bring back Charlie, even though he doesn't really do much. <laughs> I was just say that's, that's really funny. I love the fact that Charlie's been, like, the recurring character for some reason. They keep bringing him I back. I know. I love him. There and then they also have, um, uh, oh, shoot, what's his name? Let me find his name, because there is the... Is it Hayes? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Hayes. I really like because him they, as a they, character. <laughs> yeah, he's a good character. And they also have a Maori crew member who, who I noticed shows up a decent amount, even if he's not flushed out at all. And I feel like the issue is I think their mindset was, oh, okay, if we do this, we can fix the racism, but it really doesn't fix the racism at all. So weird because the rest, like the film itself is. It doesn't feel, I don't know, this is just speaking from my personal perspective. I'm white 
just in case any, nobody who's li- anybody's listening doesn't know, I'm I'm so white. Um, it doesn't feel to me like there is, like it feels more to me like a critique of the col- colonizing themes of the original. But mm-hmm. then you throw this in the middle of the fucking film, and it just completely undermines that message. And it yeah. just feels. It just feels so out of place. I like how, like, here's the thing. Like, when I was watching it earlier, I was like, I like how this is filmed because it it's filmed really well. You can tell that Peter Jackson is a horror director at his heart, even though he hasn't yeah. done horror um, for in for a while. Now. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's more of a fantasy director than horror. But it's well shot. I understand what he's going for, but you've gone like you've gone so far to try and not be racist that like as um as you guys said like you know you've gone straight back into like so hard racism that you've actually gone like probably i don't i haven't seen 33 in a while but this is more racist than the original i'd consider this way more racist than 33 yeah it just feels like it's just such a strange decision and it's especially considering the times because this would be racist in 1933 now in 2005 when you should know better yeah it's just so funny to me that if you like comparison to like a lot of the racism in the kong series concrete three is actually pretty high up in terms of non-racism which is really funny (laughs) in comparison to a lot of the other shit we've gotten which tells you how bad it's gotten (laughs) (laughs) and like the other thing also with the natives too I just don't get why you couldn't have replaced them. Were they? I don't think they were that essential to the story because they don't show up again after they kidnap Anne. So like they're not involved at the end at all. Yeah. Again, so it's like why couldn't why couldn't they just gone on the island? Kong was there. Kong kidnaps Anne, and they have to go rescue her. There was no real need for the natives there beyond having too much like allegiance to the original and like being like like too attached to it to not change any element of it when i don't think anybody is really like no natives in my kong movie zero out of ten like <laughs> like like you could you can drop that element now people you don't need that in there anymore yeah I and mean, i wonder how godzilla vs kong is going to tackle the natives now because if skull island's been colonized well from what i gather yeah I'm, cu- work out? I'm curious how they'll do that well, I know one of the characters is a native, the little girl with Kong, so at yeah. least finally they're a An character. Action. Yes, exactly. Like, not, I was about to start talking about Skull Island. That's not what we're here to talk about. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Save it because because Crash hasn't seen Skull Island, so no spoilers for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but yeah, does anyone else have anything they want to say uh, about the natives before we move on? Honestly, I have the same thoughts as Dan, which is there is like a kind of a bit of an anti-colonization like message in it, but it completely undermines it by having the natives basically be Lord of the Rings orcs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, we can discuss everything else character wise, starting off with Naomi Watts and Daro. Um, first of all, think fuck this movie uses the names of, from Kong 33 and not Kong 76's Duan, Fred, <laughs> like, fuck out of here. The, finally, the characters have to have their names back. I have to say, Naomi Watts does such a good job as Anne. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think she's fantastic. It's kind of funny how she's kind of the complete reverse of, like, Anne Darrow in the original. Oh, definitely. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has so much agencies here and character and prominence and like growth and like connection with Kong here. She has such a great job as Anne. It's portrayal and it's the way that she's like written here as well. It's a big improvement from it. So it, yeah, <laughs> this is like the first a... time. Oh, go on, crash. No, sorry, you keep talking. Sorry. I was gonna say I feel like this is the first time where like Anne's relationship with Kong, where where when films have tried it before, I don't think have succeeded. Mainly Kong seventy six. Like this one to me feels genuine because they actually give Anne time to actually see a see that softer side of Kong and interact with him beyond just like him kidnapping her, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Finally, also I, I connected mm-hmm. to Anne. I want to talk about the nine like the nineteen thirty three sequences. Oh like, sure, go ahead. They show like the Great Depression and how mm-hmm. it affects and Andero's <clears throat> life and how she can't really pursue her dreams. Yeah, it, I I thought it was such a great touch. Like I was super invested in Anne's character by Same. the time we uh, uh, went over to the other characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like they do a better job of fleshing her out here because in thirty three, as Crash and Tone can attest to, since we just watched it like last month. And just shows up stealing an apple, and and I'm um, a uh, Carl Denham's like, all right, kid, you're coming with me. You're my actress now, and she's like, okay, like <laughs> she's kind of more dragged into it. Well, and here, like Crash was saying, has way more agency. But yeah, she's I'm the, like, um, she's the ahead, uh, person. Sorry, she's the like, she's the main character. She's the person. Yeah, like obviously we get um. I'd say that it's a, it's three main it's four main characters it's Carl Denham, Jack mm-hmm. and Kong and then Anne but I think Anne is the one who gets the most and like uh, I I adore her she's fantastic and mm-hmm. like um if this I would have loved to have seen like more like this is one of those films like I don't really like long films but I still think I think this film could have been longer because I um Everything like her agency is really good. Her like motivations are all well. Um, she's acted fantastically. But the one thing that is a negative about her, and one of my big problems with the film, is her relationship with Jack. Even though I think it's quite, it's believable, and I think it's passable, and it works. Mm-hmm. I think it just, you know, it just happens like overnight. Like they're on the boat. I always remember the mm-hmm. um, the boat sequence being so much longer than it actually is. And Same for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, even though it's actually now my favorite part of the film. It wasn't as a kid, it's now my favorite part. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I um I feel like the the one problem with that is that Anne really doesn't get time to like they like they have like, you know, the cutesy like, oh Jack's got his top off and he's looking great. He's looking fantastic. <laughs> like, show me more of that. But like we don't get um enough conversation between them both and enough like tension yeah. and it does feel a bit forced, but I also understand that, you know, the film's already three, three hours long. You, you probably can't risk putting too much more in there. And mm-hmm. there's so many characters, we need to bump back and forth between all them. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah I love Anne. She's fantastic. Uh, brilliant acting as well. And she's great in the video game as well, which is surprising. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, so, see I the funny too many hours mm-hmm. in that video game. <laughs> See, the funniest thing to me with the Anne and Jack romance, I actually think of, of the three that we've had so far, of those two specifically, I feel like this one's the best one, which is saying mm-hmm. something, because I agree. And it, it's it's one of the weaker elements of the film, but it's actually done a lot more charming and fleshed out than the one in 33. 
or 76, which is very funny. But yeah, I'm a ton. Yeah, um, and this is probably my favorite incarnation of Ant thus far. Like you guys both, she has a great uh, agency. Naomi Watts is a great actress. She really brings a lot out of Ant here. Um, I really like how um, she she goes about the role very differently from Freyway does, mm-hmm. where um, Anne in the 33 is kind of very passive after a certain point. Where mm-hmm. I feel like, in the, at least in the boat scene, she had a lot of spunk in 33. She kind of becomes very passive as the movie goes on. Anne yeah. always stays like very active as a character. Mm-hmm. I love how even on the island, after she gets kidnapped, she does a lot of things to try and like survive. And mm-hmm. her bond with Kong feels, like you said, it feels more authentic here. Um, yeah. You kind of understand why she comes to care about Kong compared to, say, uh, Duan and uh, King Kong 76. It, it's yeah. just a lot better fleshed out. And I love how her active role in the finale, where she's yeah. like, you, 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 um, she feels less kidnapped and more like, she wants to escape with Kong and see him like escaping the nature, which adds to the kind of like the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That scene with her and Kong in the snow is a very nice scene. I think it's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. In modern, in modern Jan Macha stuff. Which, though, so that leads us to our next character, which is Carl Denham, played by Jack Black, who you would not expect to be as good in this as he is. <laughs> oh, I remember like being like, wait. The the guy from Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> yeah, I... And apparently that's how they got him was apparently like they just yeah. had Schoolhouse Rock and they they were just <laughs> like, Oh well we don't have a Carl Denham, we'll screw it, we'll just get Jack Black. That's really funny actually. Cause yeah, Jack Black's a great actor. I love him. And he has a lot of comedy, but like he he really sells the role here. He has a yeah. great job at it, I would absolutely see, see the funny thing is this this Carl Denham to me is a lot more sinister as a character than than the 33 one. Like, yeah. he's not as much of a dick as his equivalent of 76, a.k.a. Fred, <laughs> but he's a lot more sinister to me here than he is in 33, especially yeah, Son. Which, speaking of Son, they, they integrate a lot of that Son of Kong stuff into, into Carl's denim story here, which I think is interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of nice elements to that, like, they kind of, like, merge the two in a way. It's interesting. But mm-hmm. yeah, here, like, Carl's much more, like, dedicated to getting his film done. Like, he he's not like, it's not like he's like, oh, like he doesn't give a shit that anybody died. But he's more like trying to use that as, like, motivation to get people to keep going. Sometimes. Yeah. It's it's really, like, you, you see him kind of descent into, like, madness in a way. Yeah. Just to get the movie done or to get some kind of, like, fame or money off of it. Yeah. Which is which is culminates with him kidnapping Kong, yeah, which exactly. is shown here as a very evil action, mm-hmm. to say the least. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting because like he kind of like you can say you're right by saying that like King Kong is the center of this movie, but at the same time, Carl Denham is sort of like the instigator for a lot of things that yeah. happen in this movie. It's like all of the characters, ba- even King Kong gets caught up in fucking Carl Denham's storm. Yeah, like, I mean, not, not to mention, Jack. 
Yeah, well, what was I was about to say? He fucking kidnapped Jack. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Which is wild to me. Jack didn't jump off. He could have if he wanted to. <laughs> and it only gets worse from there because of how... Because he's very passive about people dying. Like, I don't think he's he doesn't care, but he's very willing to look past it for the sake of his movie. Yeah. Shown to be fucked. Like, I love the bit where he keeps filming even though people are dying, and people are like, what the fuck, Carl? You got that on film? Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite lines in the film. And it's, yeah. in, the, and it's in the extended cut. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a... Would it be a snuff yeah, film if he actually oh, released it? Yes. People actually die? <laughs> yes. But yeah, I'm a... Dan or Tundra, whoever wants to go next on Carl. You go fast, sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I love Carl in this. It's a, interesting. This is probably the biggest thing that's different from 33. Where in 33, like, face it, um, Carl's almost like he does do some, like, bad stuff, but overall, he's treating the narrative as one of the heroes. He's a very, like, um, charismatic guy. The, um, hit everything with his adventure to Skull Island is legitimate, and he's kind of like one of the square-jawed heroes alongside Jack, but in this movie, Carl is a completely different person. He's manipulative, he's a liar, he's shifty, <laughs> he just does whatever he can to try and, like, get what he, get his way, yeah. and uh, doesn't really try to deal with the repercussions of it beyond, like, Clearly, he has like a heart somewhere deep down, but he's it's kind of buried beneath his greed. <laughs> yeah, um, he's almost like a um. It's also very kind of like my dad's character, the king mm-hmm. who everything he touches turns into go- turns to gold. Um, it, and he also has like kind of like a Captain Ahab feel. To yeah, him. he has like this obsessive need to. Well, just... well, well, Tony, do you want to know who he reminds me of? And this just mm-hmm. hit me now, because I think the reason why Peter Jackson, like, it's it's not subtle, but he inserts that bit where um, uh, Jimmy and Taze talk about uh, fuck, what's that book called? The Apocalypse Now inspiration book in the horror. Oh, oh. That's what's yeah, called. Yeah. Um, uh, Denim is very much meant to be that in the heart of darkness type character. Or he gets yeah, more and more insane as they get more and more into the jungle mm-hmm. of Skull Island. Definitely. And Jack Black just does such a good job in the role. Yeah, that's really the most impressive thing to me, is how good he is as a dramatic actor, but go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he does a lot of comedy and stuff, and he he, he, he has a lot of range, but he I'm surprised, like, he, he doesn't really... Jack, Carl doesn't really have that many comedic moments besides, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, goofy stuff antics but that's more it still ties into the plot with like kind of playing into Carl's greed and his manipulation. Yeah. It's it's like he's just someone who's been kind of like typecast with a lot of comedy, but like he even good script he can really do it well in good direction. Yeah. He really sells the character yeah. here a lot. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people will be like, Jack Black, what? That's his <laughs> what? He's not fit, but it's like if you see him do it like he does such a great job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite funny. This is my first, um, when I was a kid, this is the first time I think that I ever saw Jack Black in anything. Um, <laughs> oh, so, nice. 
So like my, I, I've always thought he's been a great actor just because that was my first experience as him playing basically an awesome Wales lookalike. Um, yeah. I, I think he's fantastic. Like the thing is like, even though you know he's a bad guy, throughout the entire mm-hmm. film you're rooting for him, you want him to succeed. He brings that um, charisma to the character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's entertaining, he's funny. He's also got like, obviously the sinister streak and he's driven. And um, he's just like, he's a really good, like, one of the, he's re- he's just fantastic. And um, one thing that I'm always, I always wonder when it comes to this film is like, what are the consequences of this after this film ends? Like, yeah, what happens? <laughs> see him get sued up the air. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I want to see, um, yeah, it can be called Su- Sued of Kong or something. Sued I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, because um, it's a quick dive around in, in regards to that. <clears throat> also, Jack assaults like army people at the end. So he's in yeah. trouble as well. So, like, I was thinking, like, what happens after this? Um, after this film because carl is um he's he's finished and it just sort of like you know it's him fighting to to be like known as like an artist to to for, to have his name up in lights mm-hmm. and he got that but you know he's he's icarus whatever i want to ask yeah yeah he's, he's great he's great the whole like his whole success and failure is um central to this film mm-hmm. i think like like you all said it's like you know people get swept up in it including kong it's fantastic Mm-hmm. And I guess that brings us to the final main character of the human side, which is Adrian Brody as Jack Driscoll. I want to say, where the fuck did Adrian Brody go? That man just vanished off the face of the earth after after the, after the two thousand. <laughs> he used to be everywhere. The last movie I saw him in was Predators, and then after that, like exactly, panic. he's been gone for so long. It's like, where did you go? It hit 2010 and that man vanished. Yeah. Well, but yeah. But yeah. Um. Uh, what did you guys think of think of Jack in this? So uh, the one I think I got first have thoughts on Jack in this. He's such a different character here. But unlike in 76, where it's like weird how different he is, I feel like they do a good job of dividing Jack's stuff between Jack, the the name character, and then you have Bruce Baxter. But but I'll but I'll but I'll get into Bruce in a second. So I think that I think they do a good job dividing it and making Jack a much more likable character here than he is in thirty three. I would agree. Like Jack here is practically completely different. Like you said, they pretty much split him up in the two. Yeah, Bruce kind of taking the more fuckboy aspects of Jack as a character. Yeah. I, I completely <laughs> forgot that those comments about women were in the original until yes. I heard that, and then I was like, "Oh, right, this is the original dialogue." Yeah, I thought that was that was a really funny scene. Now, yeah, the movie they're like just straight up using the Kong thirty three dialogue. That's really funny. yeah. But yeah, Jack here. Yeah, he's like he's like a he's like a screenwriter now. I think for plays, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> just right off the bat, his dynamic with with Anne is a lot more justifiable and natural at least they actually have chemistry here it's not just mm-hmm. like i hate women you're not <laughs> you know like, nothing like whack like that yeah he, he's more he's just like an actual character you, you can like sympathize with and like mm-hmm. at least because he gets he gets swept up on this journey you know he wasn't even trying to be part of it in the first place he gets he gets fucking kidnapped by Carl. Kidnapped and has to sleep in the cage with a chloroform like, <laughs> he's struggling here but um yeah he's i i love this interpretation of him it's yeah. much more it's it's like the protagonist you can actually like root for a lot more. I guess. Plus, I, I feel like him being out of his element 
makes him being a badass in in the jungle a lot more fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. Seeing him have to like no longer be that kind of like posh, bougie writer mm-hmm. and having to actually fight. Yeah. I think that I think that's a fun element to his to his arc here. Can we talk about the really weird sequence near the end of the movie where he basically wrote a script and like he 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 badmouths himself and he realizes how bad of a person he was from something that he wrote. Like <laughs> RF <laughs> We're both writers here. That is the most relatable thing ever. I know, but still, I just like it because I just like it because it's just this moment of like, wait, did I just project parts of my life into my work? The funniest thing is, RF, that moment to me is so Sam Raimi Spider Man. It, but it's so funny. That moment in particular feels like it could have came out of like Spider Man Two. It, it really does, be, or actually, even like Spider Man Three. Uh, yeah, any of the ones where Mary Jane is in the theater, like yeah, it's very much like that. But yeah, I'm a go on a Um, I think I think as you noted, it's interesting that he's very much this out of element character. That's sort of I don't want to. It's kind of weird because he. I want to say that he sort of becomes the quote unquote badass throughout mm-hmm. uh, throughout the story, but he kind of starts at it like, sort of. Well, mm-hmm. not really. Like the first encounter with uh, doesn't go so well, but like after that, he, yeah. he's basically dodging dinosaurs and stuff like <laughs> that. But yeah, I'm a Dan or Tony. Who wants to go next on Jack? Yeah, um, it's all good. I, I really like Jack here. The reinterpretation here really works. Um, they did a nice job splitting up his elements, and I like how he—he's more of an in-depth character here. Uh, Thirty-three Jack certainly is kind of not bad, but he doesn't have a lot going for him besides yeah. Just, kind of a tough guy so i can see why peter jackson really um kind of wanted to make someone a little more in depth and i feel like it really works here he's very like introspective has a lot of like really nice bits of character building and a fun setup like just the idea of a script writer getting drawn on this wacky adventure and ending up becoming a huge badass. It's, it's, it's fun. It's very yeah. it's very pulpy in a unique kind of way. Yeah, I like I like that back. He's um it's very because uh, I'm terrible at um metaphors, it's very it's very um Gordon Freeman, just the dude <laughs> just just woke up he woke up that day and he said, I just want to write a script and go to the theater. <laughs> and, then, and then he finds himself like, at one point he's 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 um jumping off a cliff holding onto a giant bat it's <laughs> he i really like um adrian brody i agree agree with you Faye. like where where did he go bring him back i miss him he's fantastic um in everything know, right? he's in um and like i um once again you know as a kid very influential this film to little little dan he he wanted to be Jack. He was like, oh, he's soft, but he's like, you know, hardy and cool. And that was that was what I wanted to be. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not. But um, <laughs> I I think he's 
he's like really really quite a good character um mm -hmm. my one complaint obviously is with the Anne relationship and i wish we got a little bit more of him um yeah. I, I i just like i don't know how much more there is in the extended cut because i haven't got it I that's what i'm that's what i'm wondering because these all of us dan we watched the extended cut and i mm. wonder if maybe there's extra stuff there like how like how spider-man 2 has more mary jane matrices like one. yeah because I, I i've only got the um I, i've only got the 05 dvd and i'm not going to go digging around online for that for the extended <laughs> cut but um yeah, I, I I thought he was he was great. He's 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 like a really fun character, and like you really like relate to him because like mm -hmm. <laughs> a part of me is like he's just really wants to get this girl back that he has like feelings for. And when you first fall for someone, let's admit, like we all we all do crazy shit. I've done stupid yeah. stuff to somebody when you just get with them, so it's it is believable. <laughs> I mean, if Emily got kidnapped by a giant ape, I think I I think I'd um when I first met her, I probably would have I would have probably gone. Onto an like gone searching Wait, an island. Got... To school island. I, I yeah. literally chased down a bus for Jackie. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, honestly, now if Emily got kidnapped, you know, I've been with her for two years, I probably wouldn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably still, I probably would. <laughs> better than me. But yeah, um, I I really like Jack, and I do like the way he like the contrast of him being this sort of soft, sort of real, relatable character, yeah. and then occasionally one-handed shooting with a submachine gun <laughs> like beating up cockroaches he like he's really like quite a, a fun see, like... see, see, see to bring in the l5 video game it makes the video game making this massive badass really funny yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah um, like, he, even in the video game he's like i think he's more muted in the video game because like i feel like 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 he doesn't he's like a gradual like build up to all these huge events in the film it's like it's theme park ride event after theme park ride event. And yeah, he's um. What I find quite funny is at the end when he gets in that cab, when Kong's there, and he goes to the driver of the cab. He goes, "Come on, we got to lure him away." And then the cab driver gets out. I'm like, "Did you really think, Jack, that the cab driver was gonna drive away <laughs> while this monkey chased you? Like, uh, like, come on, like, dude." Out like, the clock, he's Jack, Jack, Jack uh, saw King Kong, got back into that Skull Island mentality, and literally yeah, exactly. just thought that everybody <laughs> else was a member of the uh, ship again. It was basically just <laughs> like, okay, we got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I love Jack, and I think like um, Jack is the perfect representation of the the way this film balances between mm -hmm. realism and relatability, and Same. being a complete fantasy <clears throat> blockbuster film because he has heart. He's real. He feels relatable but obviously he um also is like a strange action hero as well so yeah i love jack he's great but yeah so because there's so many characters i'm going to divide it into two camps and you just talk about whoever you want in that first camp is going to be denim's denim's people like everyone who denim has which i'm going to use talk about bruce baxter played by kyle chandler who was in king oh, of the God. monsters as mark russell and he's fucking phenomenal in, in this movie he's so funny Bruce Baxter is is amazing. He's such a douchebag, but it, and he's so funny because of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm also pretty sure that that Kyle Chandler is one of the few people to be in both a Kong movie and a Godzilla movie. He is alongside only like 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 anyone from King Kong Escapes who was part of that Toho group. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I wanted to bring up the fact that Bruce Baxter is fucking phenomenal. 
And also, yeah. I wanted to say, oh, go on, go on, Crash. I was going to say, yeah, like you said, we mentioned this before, but they put a lot of the, the fuckboy aspects of 33 Jack onto Bruce, which was a mm-hmm. nice way of kind of still having that character around, but not trying to make him, like, your main character you're supposed to, like, love and root for. Instead of putting yeah. on, like, just some asshole who's, like, full of himself just for the movie. <laughs> yeah. And the other and, person who, oh, go on, Crash. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Again. But um, there's one funny scene I love with them. He gets back to his room. He put all these posters up, and when they get all vandalized, <laughs> and he gets back, he's like, "What?" But he's like, "No, wait a minute. No, that that mustache actually looks kind of good." He's like, "Let I me see if I can rock that." that. It's so <laughs> funny. Thing in the mirror. Uh, was that the extended cut? I think that I feel like that was like an extended cut only thing. In that I feel like there. that was in the original. I remember it's in the original. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's one of my favorite scenes. I think it's a really good, good little bit of characterization for him. Like he's still like oh, himself there. He's just like. It's like first he's like what? And he's like, you know what? Actually, I kind of like this. <laughs> see, see, because now I have an opening to to fangirl over King of the Monsters. Kyle Chandler does such a good job of being both dramatic and serious when he has to, and really funny and comedic. Like he, like like those two characters are such different ends of the spectrum. It's really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Also, I wanted to say, I'm a. Something else which I really love with Bruce Baxter is he's actually a little bit complex. Like at first he's a coward and he runs away, but he's the one who saves everybody from the insect pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the end, yeah. And she comes back after like I, I don't know if that was was that supposed to be like his plan or was he just trying to like look good? Because when he first leaves, he's like, Okay, like I'm I'm out of here, like fuck this. But then he comes from back. from what it sounds like he, he changed his mind and he and he said to go back for everybody and that's why yeah. we got yeah, that's good. <clears throat> but what I, what I also find funny though is how he's the first person to book it when Kong starts breaking out. Like he, like he, <laughs> yeah. like he books it early. Mm-hmm. He was, and he then, knew it was not and and the other character I wanted to bring up from from um, uh, Carl's crew was that poor guy who Anne saw was Jack at first, and he's like, "Wait, me? You know me because he's just a fucking sound <laughs> guy." Damn. Is and he shot by the... yeah yeah he gets shot with the harlan arrow yeah. poor guy he can't win i'm him <laughs> yeah i think part of this movie's charm is just how so much of the cast side cast is really fleshed out it has like mm-hmm. little mini arcs and not a lot of movies can kind of balance such a big cast but peter mm-hmm. jackson is coming off a low tour which has a massive massive cast um he really makes it work well here just mm-hmm. kind of making you care about all the individual side characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, does anybody have anybody else they want to talk about from Denim's side of the crew? Um. God, yeah, that that name? counts like the, uh, the ship crew, right? Oh no 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 no! They're, they're coming uh, next. His, the, the, the film the film people. Oh yeah, Preston's a really interesting character. Oh, I I love yeah. Preston. Uh, I, oh, I love... oh oh okay okay. Fun fact: they found out after. Preston is played by Tom Hanks's son. What? Really? Yeah, Colin Hanks. That's really. And that was so funny to me. I also, I also had no idea that he was that he was in Band of Brothers. I didn't know that either. That's that's actually and he's crazy. In, he's also in the uh, Jumanji reboot for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, is he the uh, one dude who's just like welcome to Jumanji, or is he like? What, what was he in the Jumanji reboot? He was the um, from what I remember, it's been, I've only seen the film once. He was the guy who 
after he got out of Jumanji at the end. Oh, was, oh yeah, him. him. And he also played um, Woody in the Toy Story 3 video game. So take that to the bank. That yeah, I know, like, video. every time, like, top Tom Hanks characters are never voiced by Tom Hanks in any, like, <laughs> yeah. media toys. So it's like, voiced by his brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but by this time, it, but this time, obviously, he was he was voiced by his son. So progress. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, Preston's a really good character. Like I really like his his, his arc where he's like, fuck Carl by the end of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just love him looking down at Carl Denham as he's enjoying his fame with just this look of half disgust. Yeah, especially because Carl literally scarred his face. Yeah, he's a little mm-hmm. like a little like cut in his cheek, yeah. But it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. Also, he's one of the people that helps Jack like try and get people out of the theater before Kong gets out. That yeah. was an interesting yeah. aspect. Something else that I still have to say about, about Carl's film crew. I like how all their deaths feel impactful. Mm-hmm. Like like the poor camera guy who gets fucking devoured by the them uh Bonatosaurus. Oh yeah. Or Herb. <laughs> Little old Herb. <laughs> I know a lot of people like that. Fucking, I don't know how many sailors there are, but like a lot of people fucking die in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, I'm just like, it looks like they came with like 20 people, but I, I saw like fucking 60 people get like yeeted and murdered throughout this movie. <laughs> I'm just like, what, what are the numbers on this? But yeah, speaking of thinking of the ship crew, I guess we'll move on to the ship crew. And I have to say, I really love the relationship between Hayes and Jimmy. There's such mm-hmm. a fun um, duo of side characters. You feel, I feel so bad when Hayes dies. Because he's yeah. such a cool character. Characters. Same. Actually makes me sad that we don't get... Like, mm-hmm. I know it like makes sense from a plot standpoint, but it, it does kind of disappoint me that the um the crew of the, the, the ship had just completely dropped in that third act. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, been... like, I agree. I would have liked to see more like a conclusion for a lot of them. Cause then it, yeah. it, I would have liked to see Jimmy working mm-hmm. with um, Jack or something. It would have made more sense because he yeah. obviously had that revenge story, which was half half ass solved at the end and yeah. But, but yeah it's it, like they're, they're re- i really um andy circus is um as the chef oh yeah like, lumpy lumpy's lumpy, a really yeah. fun character he is oh i love him so much he's fantastic though he dies in such a brutal way yeah Apparently. that scene is iconic Apparently that, in mm-hmm. the theater, like his kids were right next to him watching, and they're like, <laughs> they apparently they said something to Andy Circus around like, "Man, you just have no luck." With this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that that definitely always made me sad as a, as a kid because he dies trying to protect Charlie's body, which, by the way, Charlie does not survive. Charlie, this they time. killed Charlie in this one. The audacity, zero out of ten movie. <laughs> <laughs> But it they, they also like once again they don't actually give Charlie any personality in this movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it's everything about Charlie's so weird to me in this movie, but that's unrelated. Well actually no, we're talking about the crew now. Yeah. I can't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would he they don't even like really name drop him. We just kinda of see him around. I was like, Oh shit, like that's Charlie. But then he dies. It's, it's like, one damn. introduction thing, doesn't he? He does he gets the introduction yeah. thing with the chloroform. Yeah, Which, um, and then, and then I don't exactly. Sometimes you can see that logo of the chloroform before it registers, but, but then it's like, it's yeah, like, <laughs> like homies, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, then yeah, that that scene, the bug pit. Fuck that scene, by the way. I hate you, Peter Jackson. Hold on to that though, because we'll talk about that with Mark. Okay, but yeah, it was Lumpy. He had a sad death. He had a lot of character and personality in the movie. He was one of the funniest crew members, at least. 
mm-hmm. with a lot of like humor humor to him, so he died mm-hmm. real fucked. But um yeah, other crew members, yeah, like Hayes and Jimmy, like you said. I like I like what they had going for like a throwing on their own school island. Mm-hmm. That was great. But um yeah. Crew oh, Oh, I'm a ton to ton ton or or whoever wants to go first. On I'm a ton go first. On, okay. Yeah. Um. For the ship the crew. Adventure crew is probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, they're all so very well fleshed out. Like love Hayes and Jimmy. Um, I also really like this reinvention of Cap- Captain Anglehorn. Oh That's yeah, he's really crew. different. Yeah. In the original, he's kind of like a nice like grandpa, you know, ship captain. The kind of respectable person here, he's very shifty. He's like, a, yeah, um, he's almost like a poacher who's kind of like an ambiguous past. You can tell, yeah, he's up to he's up to some shifty stuff. And I, in most a lot of it's just kind of implication. But I love how this movie uses like implication to really kind of build up his characters and make you invested in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like how it's foreshadowed. Sorry, sorry. I just like how it's foreshadowed very early on that um, that, that well, it's not foreshadowed. It's straight up fucking told you that they trap animals, and you're like, yeah. ah, that seems like it doesn't make. Why would they mention that? Oh yeah, because they're gonna capture Kong. I just, yeah. I do like how so much of these characters is is just is there, and like mm-hmm. you feel like you really know them by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something something else funny though. Speaking of animals. There's actually a reference which I missed to one of Pierre Jackson's earlier horror films. In this, in that scene, they have um a a fucking monkey. Uh, what's it called? It's a monkey that's meant that's referencing um Brain Dead because it's the monkey which which spreads the zombie virus in that movie, and they have one on board on board on the venture. <laughs> it's a prequel. <laughs> All ties together. Monkey's evil confirmed. Monkey, <laughs> Monkey but, please. But yeah, does anyone have anything else they want to say about any of the human characters, or should we finally move on to the monsters? Um, oh, I was that... going to say. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, I was going to say, in this one, I think Peter Jackson does a great job of fleshing out, or at least giving more character to all the side characters. Yeah. In the original, they don't really have much of a voice. They're just kind of, just kind of there you go to die. And mm-hmm. here, kind of the same thing, but you get to know more about them before they die. And I think that adds a yeah. lot of the impact of when they actually are killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. RF, go ahead. What, what do you I was going to say, uh, for the Venture crew, uh, I, I will say that, like, for a long time in my writing, I drew a lot of inspiration for, like, mentor relationships from both Jimmy and Mr. Hayes' relationship. <laughs> Like it's some parts I feel like I straight up plagiarized from it. Um, but uh, it's interesting that like uh, Anglehorn is a shifty person, but he's not as shifty as Carl Denham. Like, that's kind of the crazy part is that he we got this poacher here, and like he's not even the he's not even like the slimiest person on the ship it's Carl Denham and it's interesting that like Carl actually sort of uses sort of like the less uh, nice aspects of uh, Anglehorn mm-hmm. to just like manipulate him into capturing Kong. Yeah. I feel like Denham subtly threatens 
Englehorn into it too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a. Uh, I guess we could talk about the monsters. So I'm going to course the titular monster, King Kong. And wow, I have to say, this is my favorite King Kong, honestly. Yes. I love the design here, even though it's just an oversized girl. I think they give it enough personality. And this personality, which they give him, which is partly helped by the fact that any circus to the mocap, is so good. Like, he's such a great character here at Kong. Because he's actually a character for the first time, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Outside oh, of I, uh, yeah. yeah, outside of ironically, like the Toho stuff and King Kong lives. Like this is the first time where he's really flushed out, where you get that sense of loneliness from him, that he's the last member of the species and that he doesn't have anyone left, and that's why he's the way he is. But yeah, whoever whoever wants to go next, Hong Kong. Um, yeah, we've seen a lot of Kongs in this round table so far. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> this is one of the best ones. Like, he gets a lot of time to shine. We see more of his personal soft side. And and he still has, like, a lot of the classic Kong mannerisms we, like, see from 33. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just everything about this one, like, his relationship with Anne, it's much more fleshed out, much more developed here. And he's just, like, he, I feel like inherently just, you know, being like an animal, being taken out of his place is always kind of sympathetic. But here they do a lot more to, like, show you why, like, they care when he dies. Yeah. And he said it's very tragic. And yeah, I love all the little moments he has here of just him like being a monkey, like raging out like a man child when Ant like stopped like pushing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you know, him like just chilling there, like just kind of looking off, just thinking. Yeah. He has like, a lot of great moments. I'm just I, I I also love the fact that Anne manages to teach him some sign language. Like he knows what beautiful means because she yeah. taught him to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The bit, the bit where he does that when when he's overlooking New York City, is so fucking sad to me. Yeah, it's a good scene. I was seeing people complaining about the fact that uh, in the trailers for Godzilla vs Kong, he's using sign language. They're like, Kong can't do that, and I'm like, Yeah, he has in the past. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's really Godzilla weird. fans complain about stuff that they don't know anything about. It's 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 just Tuesday RF. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I also I also love this is probably in my opinion the most impactful Kong death scene because of what we talked about. Like he has just so much development in the that death scene really smacks hard. But yeah, I'm a and whoever whoever wants to go next on Kong between RF Dan and Ton. Uh, I really like Kong here in this. Um, it's kind of interesting. This Kong is kind of a departure from the past, where before Kong's kind of been like almost like kind of like Bigfoot or the Yeti, almost, mm-hmm. and kind of his building shape. Even Thirty Three Kong, he looks kind of like a gorilla, but he's very different in a way. They kind mm-hmm. of double down on the gorilla inspiration here. It works yeah. well. Kong here is a big silverback, but it does, he looks distinct. He has such a, like, recognizable appearance. Probably one of my favorite designs for the character. Um, and like you guys said, he's just so much more of a fleshed mm-hmm. out character. You, you really come to care about this Kong, and I love how, you know, they humanize him by making him not more human, but just kind of making him very intelligent ape Yeah. Even like the sign language is very reminiscent of like Coco the gorilla mm-hmm. sign language, and I, I, I and I love Andy Circus's uh, motion capturing. Mm-hmm. He, 
he brings a lot of personality oh. and natural movement to Kong, which is mm-hmm. really good. Did you wanna what you what you reminded me me of Tun, which I, I didn't notice until you pointed out during this watch? Mm-hmm. Is is as that when they're um, uh, taking Kong away, Kong tries to do like the ape motion for sorry to Anne, which I was like, oh man, that's super sad. Oh yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Which um, if you've ever watched the Planet of the Apes movies, it's like apes apologize by like touching the the bottom of their hands together. So that was a really interesting visual, which was. Re- Really helps add emotion to the scene. It it, it helps that Andy Circus spend like two weeks with gorillas to, to like study for it. He's because basically you... half gorilla at this point. He spends so much time <laughs> with them. <laughs> but yeah, well, I'm, I'm a, our our effort, Danny, ever wants to go to go next, Hong Kong. Um, yeah, I think that. Uh... Kong, uh, Kong in this is the best uh, Kong that we have ever had. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do like that he is far more gorilla. It kind of grounds him, and like in a weird way, that grounding of Kong kind of makes him a lot more relatable. And I was actually thinking about the weird like thing they were doing in like the newer Jurassic worlds where they try to humanize more humanize like Blue and mm-hmm. uh, Rexy the T Rex. And I thought, where did they go wrong with this? And watching this uh, the other day made me realize that like this is more of what it should be. It should be acting like an actual animal, and but still like an actual sympathetic animal. Yeah. Like, your dog, your dog does things that are that really make you empathize with your dog, uh, and like a lot of things happen with Kong that like a normal gorilla would do. Like, I uh, we were talking about this before, like the scene where he's actually eating exactly like a gorilla does. Oh yeah. <laughs> That was that was such a great scene, and then just the fact that like, yeah, he's got a bit of a sense of humor. He kind of likes things falling down. He likes things falling down mm-hmm. a bit, a bit, and mm-hmm. I, I like that. That's the aspect that makes uh, Kong sort of more interested in uh, becoming Anne's friend and not yeah. just beauty. Yeah, like I, I was, I was kind of just like, yeah. He doesn't. He, he doesn't want to fuck her here. Unlike in Kong seventy six, and thank God for that. I um, I'm gonna be controversial. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I this is definitely my favorite version of Kong. Um, I agree with all the points you've all made. You know, he's his like personification. Andy is fantastic. He is basically a gorilla. Like, he goes home. I don't think Andy looks at human hands anymore. He sees gorilla hands. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't tell what's real. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. But also, I, I would say that my the the one complaint I have is I find the him just being an upsized gorilla. I I think that's kind of weak. I don't really mm-hmm. enjoy that. Like, um, maybe maybe because I am just I think Kong in general is a really boring designed monster. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna Ooh, get that is a hot take. I'm gonna get crucified for this. I don't I don't find um mammals giant mammals that interesting oh <laughs> I think, no i love uh, them i i, I don't I think never, we get enough giant mammal kaijis 
I don't feel we I, Sorry, continue. <laughs> sorry, I, I understand why people like them. For me, um, I just am not oh, yeah. the biggest fan. I like, I prefer like more in in human stuff. But mm-hmm. I do. Maybe I'm just I just like the upright um, monster verse uh, Kong look. Yeah, but, no, uh, I that's definitely like I, I think here yeah I, I think the design looks great but like yeah for Kong it's kind of very simplified yeah it feels like, he had that just, more kind of like he's like an ape but not like exactly you know who's upright yeah it's just like to me I find it quite it's not lazy because obviously they put so much thought into it and it looks beautiful but but I think maybe like, I, I think part like of that bit. come from Peter Jackson's realism boner because yeah. <laughs> because you go to the hobbits a few years later and he gets rid of smog's front legs because he's like there's no vertebra with six limbs so i think <laughs> that's more peter jackson's quirk where he likes like, his realism a lot my, yeah and um I, I the thing is because this was my definite kong for so long i actually remember when they announced Skull Island, and they were like, "Hey, Kong now stands up, and he doesn't. He doesn't look like a giant gorilla." I was like, "What? That ain't <laughs> what Kong is. Kong is a giant gorilla." And um, so, um, shout out to uh, however I don't know how old I was. It was after I'd seen the other God, the Godzilla vs Kong films. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, shout out to me when I was younger, going, "Oh, that's disappointing," and then having my mind completely changed. So <laughs> I. I yeah, I think like obviously this is my favorite version of the character. Um, I don't think GVK is going to change that, um, mm-hmm. even if he does do sign language. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm realistic, uh, but um, audacity. <laughs> yeah, I I I really like um, the way he interacts. The way he interacts with Anne, like it doesn't feel like love. It feels like two friends. Like like he's obviously yeah. a very lonely character, um, which I think is what they wanted to go for in. Um, some of the more recent Godzilla films, but to me, it does never really clicked like it has has here. Like this is mm-hmm. this is alone, alone like king, and you know, Anne's the first one to ever like listen to him. Really, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, sad. I, I guess like, like, like fighting on this island. Everybody yeah. Is dead, so it's just like having someone there to talk to, just be with. Yeah. Gives yeah. A lot of, like happiness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a RF. I know you also said 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 that before. You use this Kong a lot in your writings. Like I know this is the deep pull, but I know for Sailback you said you used this oh, Kong. Oh fuck! Are we are we really referencing Sailback <laughs> in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one? Yes, because no. that was formulaic <laughs> stuff for me. That was formative media. Oh shit! <laughs> I apologize, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, uh. It, I get. I guess. Yeah, it was for at least that character when I was playing that in a role play forum. Uh, but no. I and again, years later, I'm still like, yeah, no. Kong is like a great point for like a non-human character. Mm-hmm. Like this O5 Kong is a great point for like characterizing one. Yeah. Beyond just animal aggressive, mm-hmm. gonna eat you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going to chase after you a tiny morsel while I have a one ton lizard already stuffed down my throat. Great uh, intro, great intro, great intro to the V oh, Yeah, I, I, that was one aspect that I actually like I, I like more because I was kind of expecting to do like 
the fucking Spinosaurus Jurassic Park thing where like, even though he's got a whole ass big meal, he just like abandons it to chase a tiny person. So even though he does chase the tiny people, at least he like kept his food and like continued to eat it. I appreciated that. I love those dinosaurs. They're fantastic. Yeah. The the V Rexes. Yeah. First of which I guess we'll start with now, the V Rexes. They are really cool design wise. They're so mm-hmm. retro store mixed with the more modern JP stuff. It's a really nice 50 50 blend. Oh my god, they're so they cool. cool. <laughs> and that fight scene is so badass. Like, it's. I know some people complain that it gets too over the top, but I actually like that Peter Jackson increases the scale of it to that degree. It's because it's a fantasy film. Like it fits in yeah. with the aesthetic of blending. Um, I don't know if this is even a proper term, but I like to call it hyper realism because it's realism yeah. but hy- hyper. Yeah, yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's just complete, complete ridiculousness, and it's fun. I love the bit with the like the V Rex, like what you like you said, Faye. Like it's one of, if not my favorite, like T Rex, like sort of like like designs of like the last 15 years it's just i i i i because i watched all the behind the scenes stuff religiously as a kid i've got it burned in my mind of how they researched and adapted it so like it would be like what if a t-rex was evolved to run through a jungle that's basically what they were going for mm-hmm. and i think um i love the way they fight the way they move and the bit when there's the one dangling just yeah. there like he he was gonna he was gonna die there and he saw Anne and he was like okay well I'll get one more meal in before I before I kick the bucket. It's just so funny because they're obviously they've got personality and they're obviously yeah. a bit clever. But they're also fucking stupid. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it Sorry, that's my bit on the V Rexes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the V Rexes look cool. I I love this. Yeah. There's like three of them just vibing. And it wouldn't be a Kong movie if Kong didn't Fucking snap a dinosaur's mouth in half. He sure does that. Any animal, yeah. Sorry, they're 76. Oh, Oh, yeah. He snapped a snake's mouth. I guess that's something. (laughs) He snapped a mouth. Yeah, here he fucking rips it apart. It's nuts. But they're they're, they're cool. I like the design. Mm -hmm. And, um, what was the introduction scene when Anne was hiding in the log? And then, like, yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, my God. The centipedes. Yeah. That scene is so gross. Mm. I, I, yeah, but yeah, that seems really cool with um, her hiding the logs. You can't really see anything. Just sees mm. the other ones like dip as soon as they hear whatever it is that's coming. Yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a terrifying dinosaur. It's cool. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, I love the V Rexes. Um, so so much iconic creature design in this movie, especially with them. Like mm. like you, you guys mentioned, it's just a great blend of realism and fantasy with like these giant retro looking tyrannosaurs but rather than just you know throwing in the jp t-rex i I appreciate them taking the effort to make like a really iconic and distinctive creature Mm -hmm. i i I still have flashbacks to play in the game getting in the the levels where you play as jack and you get chased by the v-rex those scared terrifying Something oh, else, oh, 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 something else, which I really love with the V Rexes, is that they're shown to be pack hunters too, which is actually more accurate to T Rexes. Yeah, I, 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 I know they said that the pack there was the last pack on Skull Island, which we, which we were memeing about. This movie is a fucking genocide of Skull Island's species. 
Because they're all they're all going extinct for all this shit. Because the they get from being an uncharted island in the middle of nowhere <laughs> that no one was expected to find. Because because these are the last few reactions in 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 the world, and Kong just kills them all. Because that was the mom, the dad, and their and their I'm a teenager, and, and they're all fucking dead. Teen- well, just a boy. No. Some <laughs> fact about the end. End up in a new area and everything goes extinct. <laughs> it's actually quite a fun fact because um, I I told you Faye about that they, with the DVD there's a nature documentary which acts like it's real and convinced me that Skull Island was a real place <laughs> but, <laughs> they really went there and they filmed it with all these creatures yeah. and um, in this documentary. nature documentary yeah that nature documentary says that after like they all joined like after they um, like came and like saw like and like explored like skull island sunk into the sea a few years later so there literally is the whole island is going extinct and i think that just like the other kong yeah not like an in universe think... thing they always do that yeah there's a lot of summer kong elements here it's interesting but yeah continue sorry no sorry I, I i just think it's like quite like it's in the background it's not really a big main theme but to me it sort of feels like you can tell this island is dying like yeah this civilization like to go back to the um to the to the natives like like I don't know if it's intentional or not, but they, they probably weren't, they weren't always like horrific monsters, which is, you know, they were, pro- they, like, they obviously had a grand civilization once because there was walls and like grand structures. So yeah. it does sort of seem like this is a dying, a dying ecosystem. And Kong is like, because he's the last of his kind and like, he's, mm-hmm. he's obviously like the living personification of, of, um, the extinction and i don't know yeah. i don't know if that's an intentional thing that peter jackson was going knowing for peter and... jackson i'd say yes because lord of the yeah. rings also has that end of magic element to it and i think skull island has a lot of that element to it in congo five like that end of everything like this like you're at the end of this golden age for, for skull island mm-hmm. yeah it does feel like it's a bit of a um environmental message hidden there some way mm-hmm. you know the hot thing that everybody's doing these days <laughs> but, but, but yeah <clears throat> rf do you have any other in your thoughts on the directors or should we move on um i i just a lot of my thoughts were uh the thoughts that everybody else had uh i thought that they were amazingly badass i thought mm-hmm. that they were such a cool design uh I remember just in the game, uh, they're actually, when you play as Jack, they're invincible. Yeah. They are literally indestructible, and you have to play your way around that. And I thought that was the coolest stuff ever. That's really clever. Yeah. (laughs) And mm -hmm. it's interesting because, like, that nature documentary you brought up, I just remembered it. And I'm like, that's kind of like the root of a lot of, like, my like world building and my path mm. my love for like building different like worlds and uh landscapes came from i feel like it was that way for a lot of, for a lot of people especially because they also released a tie-in book that was like an like an like an almanac of, of all the species on skull island with way more stuff than was in the movies even i could never get my hands on that book neither could i it's actually really rare now Fuck. unfortunately <laughs> yes but definitely, yeah. But yeah, I'm a ton. Yep. Guess what time it is now? Mm-hmm. Brontosaurus time. Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 
the brontosaurus in this movie. Um, there are a lot more passes than Kong 33. No meeting. <laughs> I really wanted him to just fucking eat somebody again. <laughs> yeah, <that was> so, <laughs> funny. so funny. Uh, but I, I, I love this movie. They kind of have that Jurassic Park brachiosaurus sereneness to them. Yeah. And they start stampeding and crushing people, and that all kind of goes away. But <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have such a fun kind of retro sore charm to them mm-hmm. but still feel very new uh, yeah uh, 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 see what i find so funny with them is that they named brontosaurus because back when this movie came out brontosaurus was an invalid species and now that's valid again it's weird because they're the only dinosaur with their old name still mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah whoever else wants to talk about the brontosaurus can go crash rf or dan yeah, they're they're cool. They have a nice team. They're just chilling. But then, um, what scares them again? It's the fucking raptors. Yeah, the bananasaurs. Bananasaurs. Yeah, and then yeah, they all they all do stupid brontosaurus shit. They all bump into each other while they're running, <laughs> and then yeah. they fall off. <laughs> but um, yeah, their, their presence was cool. They're much more like net like normal sword. Yeah, that action scene to me, while not bad, it's kind of my least favorite one. I feel like everybody surviving that is a bit too. Silly to me. There's some people that get like crushed, but surprisingly, not a lot of casualties. Like they managed, yeah. to, like like they trip and they're like they get up surprisingly well. Like damn, these these brontosaurus, they're not very good at, at, at even <laughs> accidentally killing people. <laughs> um, um, I do remember that uh, one of the main appeals to go see going to see a King Kong movie again was to see dinosaurs, and I remember mm-hmm. just my eye pupils dilating as soon as I saw like the brontosaurus in theater. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. really interesting because once again, it's like yeah, no, these this is like the last brontosaur herd. So when you're watching like the stampede where they're all falling and crushing one another, it's just like we just watched the end of an entire species right yeah. there. I am um, in in contra. I I know I know it's like um, a lot of people have soured on that scene. Like I I understand yeah. what you're saying, Faye. Like it is completely fucking ridiculous but I, I i love it i think it's it's like as many things in this film it's it's that hyper realism it's completely stupid ridiculous and the brontosaurus <laughs> like to me the brontosaurus um that was another one of those scenes that i always used to skip to on the dvd as a kid um mm-hmm. and the like the the v the v raptors whatever they're called like their <laughs> their their design is is so so silly and doesn't make sense and the brontosauruses are so so silly and it's just it's um the way they're animated is really cool i like the way they yeah. sort of flop and i do find it funny that a couple of little bullets in their legs which probably would feel like if somebody chucked little little tiny seeds at our legs like managed to make them fall over but that's beside the point like it's a very kinetic scene i love the energy of it i love how chaotic it is and mm-hmm. yeah um I, I i've never considered how that is probably the last herd and now that was an entire species wiped out by um by um by running which is quite funny i i uh, relate to that that's very me so <laughs> yeah it was it was a good i am um, i really like the brontosaurus there's no dinosaur part in this film i can complain about i'm just to sit here heaping praise mm-hmm. on it you might as well skip me i'm i'm gonna be a one one track pony here <laughs> well well for dinosaur which i'm not huge on in this one 
I don't like the Venatosaurs too much personally. I they kind of fall into that like, oh, we have to have a raptor in our movie kind of trap to me. And it's like mm-hmm. not really. It's still not bad. It's just like uh, uh, here's a weird looking raptor without toe claws. I don't even know what they're meant to be because they don't really look that much like raptors. Um, from what I remember, they're meant like they're similar to the V Rex. They're meant to be. They had a more of an like I, in the film. I always forget how little they are in the film because in the game they're in like every other level and actually. <laughs> I played the game to death. I, I'm going to reference it quite a lot. It's one of my favorites um, from my childhood. But I remember, like, they're a lot more have a presence there in the film. They are. I, I think they are a bit disappointing. But I do like how they they are a very strange design. Like they've got like yeah. eyes on the side of their heads, and they've got a very strange like mouth. They're they're a fun. They're definitely unique. I can understand why somebody wouldn't like them. <laughs> they're kind of ugly. Yeah, they're very ugly. Does, does anyone else have any have any takes? Oh wait, oh go on, go on, Ref. It's kind of weird because looking at the Venatosaurus skull, it kind of has this weird Abelosaurus slant to it, mixed with a duck. If that <laughs> makes any sense. Yeah. Like, I can it, like, see it that. Looks like, uh, it looks like a it looks like an sword just looked at a Dromaeosaur and said, "Oh shit, I can do that," and then just <laughs> made that. Yeah. But, uh, I, I do agree. Like I kind of love them primarily just from the games. Like they're they're mm-hmm. they have a really tiny part in the movie that really uh, that's kind of a really silly action sequence. But like most of I, I most of my love, yeah, I gotta admit, comes from the fact that they're like one of the primary mooks in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do like. Um, sorry, just a quick. Group by yeah. like yeah it does fulfill that velociraptor um jurassic park itch but it it does it doesn't feel as um as uh overt as it did in other such films um, yeah like night like zilla um like it doesn't <laughs> we don't have a scene with like you know it's being slow with the with them stalking around like a like a bit of um a bit of wood or something it's just it's just straight yeah. up just just chaos chaos and they they take sort of a backseat i like that about them mm-hmm I'm a crash a ton. Do you have any takes on the Venatosaurs, or should I move on? Um, yeah, just, yeah, just, they're just, just kind of like Kong Raptors. They're all right. <laughs> they have their purpose. All right. Well, it's time for my favorite Congo 5 dinosaur. Though, though, though I'm a, because Dan didn't watch the extended, the extended edition. He went at, he, okay. <laughs> crash, shut the fuck up. Continue. <laughs> The fur, how the fuck do you even say its name? It's the Frectus, Frectosaurus. I don't know. I got the one. The Ceratopsy in, in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's in it. it for like half a second in the normal one. Yeah. Yeah, Ferructus. That's Ferructus. I can't say the ground, so they gave it a really rude name. They could have <laughs> just called it like something Ceratops. Are you kidding me? Anyways, I'm a yeah. I love the Fructus, especially because in the extended edition, it actually gets to do something beyond just like a half a second cameo. Where, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) where they recreate the the Kong 33 Stegosaurus scene, but they use it for that, and it's a really fun scene. It fucking yeets everybody. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're like 20 people died, but they also took like 20 people with them. It's like, what the? Are these people. They're just like tacking all of it. Like, are they okay? I guess. I guess. I need to find the scene. I need to find the scene. <laughs> it's it's a fun scene, yeah. 
Yeah. It's been a while since I had like seen the movie anyway, so to me, I wasn't like, was this not in the original? I was just like, okay, like, it's part of the movie, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that scene was cool. It's a nice recreation of the Stego scene. I'm surprised they would damn it to only the extended version because like that's like a classic scene. Even yeah. It's a different dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, except the the fuck the, the fuckosaurus. It's not as big. <laughs> as, I, I can't say his name. It's not as big as the Stegosaurus was in thirty. Yeah. Fucking massive. <laughs> yeah, that thing was basically its own kaiju. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, um, go go ahead. Here, uh, between RF and Tunk, I know you both want to say something. So whoever wants to go first. Yeah, uh, I really like the uh, Stegosaurus in Kong Thirty Three. Um, the this is a good replacement for it. It has a lot of nice energy, and that scene is just really fun in the extended cut. Which is yeah. Really yeah. RF. Uh, I like it because it's basically just a Pachyrhinosaurus fused with a Chasmosaurus. Yeah, it has a really nifty design. Yeah, it's a really cool design, and I I just enjoyed it. And it's also, if I remember correctly, the last one standing on Skull Island after the Vengeance basically leaves. (laughs) Yeah, it's the only one which has confirmed. Though though, though the Venatosaurus get away too. So it's the Venatosaurus and the Fructus, that's it. Yep, that's it. Those are the only two survivors. At least until it sinks, according to Dan. Yep. It does. No, according to the official natural history of the very real place. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think it's time, though. We talked about all the dinosaurs. I think it's time to get into what everybody wants to talk about. The insect pit. No! (laughs) Whoever wants to go first on the insect pit. Yeah, this scene definitely scarred a lot of children. For yes, a long time. <laughs> I think I think all of us wanna... were scarred by it. Yeah, it's just it's it's kind of crazy because it's a complete shift from like from it makes sense too because you know obviously they fall down, but from like they're on top of the island, you know, the surface is fighting more natural like creatures, and then here it's just like they have this Eldritch one, abomination like, shit. Yeah, it's this one ominous like chord that just plays the whole time while they're just. Like bombarded by like giant enemy crabs, like giant bugs, <laughs> <laughs> and assorted terrifying shit that the world's not meant to see, and it's so creepy because everyone's mm-hmm. just on their own, just trying not to die, trying to escape, yeah. getting picked off, getting ripped apart. It's so fucking scary, <laughs> and even like denim here, like that's when his movie breaks, and he just yeah goes like fucking mad and just starts like fucking the shit out of these bugs, like messing them up. Yeah, it's it's an intense scene. It's very scary, and then Lumpy yes, yeah. fucking eaten by worms. <laughs> Worm thing. It's so uh, gross. No hellish. It's and the fucking too. giant wetas also, which are, <sighs> which are disgusting. No. <laughs> then you have the big like giant arm coming out of like the side. Which you never <laughs> yeah, see the whole animal. That guy. I, like, what even is that? What even <laughs> is that? It's no. so creepy. Uh, it's just a terrifying scene. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, who, who who whoever wants to go next on that? All right. So, I know a bit of history with Peter Jackson who has a gigantic fear of like spiders and crawlies. Yeah. And according to the making of Lord of the Rings with the Shelob sequence, mm-hmm. it has been Peter Jackson's like mission to instill the same fear he fears and feels for these animals into every human being that watches his movies. Respect yeah, respect I, 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 I could see that. 
Because that scene is so disturbing. It's so disturbing. I'm a Dan or Tun, whoever wants to go next. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, sorry, you guys passed Tun. I'll go lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, I love the pit, insect pit sequence. It's one of the, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Peter Jackson heard how the original scene got cut because it was too terrifying in 33 and it was like, oh, okay, I'll make it even worse. <laughs> and it works so well. I love all the different creatures like the giant worms, the scorpions, the crabs, um, the giant weeda insects, which um, if, you, if you're not familiar with New Zealand, they have these giant grasshopper looking things called weedas. They're terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're pretty harmless too, right? But they're just yeah, yeah. They're, they're actually pretty friendly. But um, they're they're scary looking. <laughs> Not the ones on Skull Island. Mm, yeah. The Skull Island ones eat people. It's such a well done sequence. Yeah, um, absolutely terrifying. I I love it. Yeah, like it's I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, Dan. Um, strangely enough, this scene never scared me as a kid. Um, I was wow. so afraid. I think the um the the native scene had scarred me so much. With, <laughs> you couldn't get any um, any lower. Yeah, of... with with so with monstrous racism that um insects <laughs> seemed like child's play. <laughs> the, the true horror here is that of man. Yeah, I mean it's just true. Um, I I I I got to agree with everybody. Those worms are so there's it's such like good designs. I know like a lot of them are just like big big bugs, but mm-hmm. I think you can't really go wrong with big bugs. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a great little scene. I I love the idea of a pit full of um insects, and I wish I wish that they hadn't got rid of that. That's what that's what the monster verse has taken from us. It's taken a pit full of bugs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm into pit. Well, yeah, I mean, oh, actually, actually, wait, I'll hold off. Crash will see you next week. But, but, but yeah, what, I, I agree. I think out. like this pit especially just does a good job of showcasing like all the creatures, or at least a lot of the creatures of Skull Island, just how yeah. diverse and terrifying it is. Because we see effects it, it, are incredible. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know you it's terrifying. Yeah. Like just getting the way he gets eaten, like lumpy by the worm things. They just like gorge him. It's fucking yeah. yeah. While he's like flailing away, trying to fight, but it's like useless. Uh, Rip him. and Charlie. Yeah, though at least Charlie died from the fall and not the bugs. That's better. <laughs> though, yeah, the other um monster in the in the scene the Chancellor could cut, which we also have, is they replaced the giant pteranodon at the end of Kong series three with giant bats. With... <laughs> that was that was a really funny scene though, because like. They're just chilling, and then like the bats are just vibing. And then when Jack wakes up, and like they're about to escape, the bats just like start fucking bullying Kong. <laughs> like no reason, he's just like chilling. They start like fucking attacking him. <laughs> it made me laugh. It's like he lives there. They shouldn't they be like pretty harmonious with him? It's very strange. That's what I, th- I thought. I guess they're just pissed, like, bro, why'd you wake us up? And they're just like yeah. getting this back. <laughs> the bats are such a creepy design to me because they're like they have no fur. They're hairless. They look like gross to me. They're so gross. Mm-hmm. The bats. Mm-hmm. It's surprising they don't even attack any people though. Like they're they're pretty chill with the humans, I guess. I mean, Jack catches her eyes. So. Yeah, I love that. Jack's wingmen. Yeah, indeed. Well, they're cool. He was the inside plan all along. They they planned that. Like it wasn't an accident. That's why they attacked Kong and then flew Jack and Anne away. It was all planned. <laughs> <from the beginning. laughs> 
They put the hit out on on Kong. <laughs> they put the hit on Kong. But yeah, but go on. Oh yeah, I love the bats. They're really fun. They're, they're super creepy, and also they're just once again to bring in the game. They're absolute <laughs> pain in the ass. Just like, <laughs> swarm around. Mm-hmm. You used to love chucking spears at them. Mm-hmm. That, that was always satisfying. <laughs> I gotta play it sometime. Same. I play as a kid, but I, I never got too far because I sucked at video games. <laughs> it's like, I, I used to be terrified of it. It used to scare me a lot. I was such a pussy as a kid. Like I here's the thing. I, King Kong scared me loads. But I could st- I, I played Silent Hill 2 as a kid, but I still couldn't get through like the first half of King Kong, the official <laughs> video game of the movie Peter Jackson. So, you know, <laughs> um, it's a great game. It does hold up, actually. Um, it's very in- innovative, in my opinion. It's got, like, a, it has a really big production value by, like, yeah. a pretty prominent game designer, Michael Ansel. Yeah. That's why I'm, like, really interested in checking it out. But, um, yeah, it released on every that, platform ever. So, really? you can. That's true. Yeah, it's probably on Steam if I check. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta see. I'll honestly. have a look, actually. But, um, Get up. yeah. Um, the bats are pretty cool. They have a small scene, but. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they didn't use a Tyrannodon, though, because they were using a lot yeah. of like, pretty creatures like that. But, oh, well, like, I mean, maybe they wanted to... Like yeah, yeah, that's why I was thinking that they wanted to mix it up and not just do old reptiles. That's, that's true. There's a lot of diversity here. Because um, beyond, beyond the Smash, you also had like the big um, lizards that the V-Rexes eat and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, Komodo Dragon things. They're yeah. Though really cool. so now it's time to move into the, the monsters which Dan wouldn't know about. Because these are the ones that in the, only in the Exendica. Though actually, Dan, you you you, you do know one of these. Dan, I know you said you met, you watched the lead scene, and that's the big fish that attacks them in the I river. Have, yeah, I have seen the deleted scenes like ages ago. I didn't watch them today because I, I I just mm-hmm. I can't be bothered. But so I did, I and also they're in the game, so I can sort of I'm on the yeah. wiki. I'm on Wikizilla right now. I, <laughs> like sort of, right now. I can sort of just scroll to these and be like, oh yeah, I remember these. I remember that. So yeah, sorry, I'll. I'll just listen. I'll be polite. <laughs> its official name is Fishkiss Rex. I think it's very scary. Yeah, <laughs> I was lying, by the way. But yeah, it's it's big fish thing is it's you know that that's one thing I remember being. I, I was actually kind of like I don't remember this at all. You know, yeah. The extent of it. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a very intense scene. But once again, there's a good job showing the different kinds of life on school. Island. You can see yeah. aquatic creatures here with this giant fish. And the first is like the tiny little bitch fishes that like try to attack the boat. Yeah, they, get, they just they all. Oh wait, oh, oh wait, oh, 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 oh wait, crash! They're cool in that because because they weren't fish. They were sea scorpions, yeah. which is that, not common. Terrifying, God! But yeah, then they all dip, and then it's like, yo, what's that? And then it's bigger, bigger fish. Yeah, <laughs> and it just decimates a lot of them. It's really yeah. scary because you know everyone's out of their element in the water. They they can't they can't stand a chance against this thing and. It's it's almost kind of hopeless because they were just kind of getting picked off by this. Yeah, the really fish scene was scarier than I remembered from watching it. As, yeah, it like, was really scene. intense. It's probably Jack's like um, underwater, he gets knocked down. With the yeah, guy, and he's like trying to save him to not swim up, but it's too late. The fish just like gets yeah. It. It's a really great sequence. Um, uh, our 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 effort time and whoever wants to go next. Rock paper scissors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I really liked, uh, the idea of using sea scorpions as, like, a monster, but Mm -hmm. 
And I did like that this sort of emphasized, like, it was weird because you were, uh, it, it seemed at first like uh, Jack was trying to, like, protect, like, Preston and stuff, but it was mm -hmm. it was really the camera. And I like the scene literally for the end sequence where uh, Lumpy goes, did you get that on film? Yes, I that's what's that, a I, good bit. I uh, I think that like a lot. I, I have a controversial opinion. I think oh, this could have been cut. Like, Whoa! We, we literally had just had the Brontosaurus stampede. Like, but it's so much fun having all the monster stuff, though. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I I love the monster. I think for if you're going to an extended cut, I think that's. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Well, what you want to see? It's like if it's for like if fair, like I understand for like the extended uh, as an extended cut, I'm fine with it. But I understand one thousand percent why they cut this out in the theatrical release. It's just I wish they'd, I don't know, maybe included like More an abridged version somehow. of that sequence, mm -hmm. because uh, just to include that one scene where Carl films like the guy so dying. dying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That scene was yeah. so what the fuck, by the way. That yeah. guy coming up, they were just—they made it wanting to get fucking like you're devoured yeah. out of nowhere by the face. Yeah. I was like, bro. Tom. Uh, yeah, uh, I really liked it. Um, the the fish had a cool design. Uh, and the, so did the sea scorpions. I can I can definitely, I kind of agree. With I I can see why they cut it, but. It's really fun. Oh, I finally, I finally found its name. Its name is is Piranodon, which is badass. Piranodon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like I wasn't even that far off in terms of like how they were thinking about naming it. Yeah. Piranodon. <laughs> Hell yeah! That's like. And there's and there's one more monster, the fucking bird which they shoot in the extended cut. Oh, oh yeah, the fucking like emo, emo, emo fucking bird thing. Yeah, the <laughs> emu bird which gets fucking wrecked. That poor bird. It's so, <laughs> it's so dang. So vicey, dude, because they kind of played out like ants near the crew. Yeah. be shooting to the jungle, it's just a dead-ass bird. <laughs> yeah, this poor fucking terror bird got, got fucking yeeted. But, but I must say, though, that's a great practical effect, though. That, like, it looks fantastic. Yeah, I was surprised, like, one of the few ones I noticed. Yeah, I think it's, like, I think it's, like, the only non, um, uh... CGI, yeah, animal looks good. Rip the bird though. And like, it's 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 it's, it's kind of funny because like just this one small scene just like kind of shows you like I keep saying this, but just how diverse and like interesting the life on Skull Island is because like we never yeah. see this bird again, but we know yeah. there's probably a lot of these out there, like a whole flock of them, I imagine. Or well, used to be maybe this might be one probably. of the last ones. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they they killed the last one. God, just every no, no. They, keep, they step on a fucking bug. It's like, dude, that was the last fucking scorpion on Skull Island, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, though, is when island ecosystems like this in real life, that happens a lot. Like island ecosystems get decimated by by humans. Look at Hawaii. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty interesting, though. But um, is that really the last mm -hmm. monster? That's kind of whack to end off on the fucking emu. <laughs> no, no, no the, that the, isn't the last monster. There's one more. What? Mankind. <laughs> the, we okay, go. okay. Well, <laughs> well, okay but... oh, 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 go on, Tom. No, it's like there you have the, the real monster of it all. Exactly. exactly. Well, the funny <laughs> thing is, the funny thing is, I was actually going to bring up 
the fight between Kong and the plane is really good in this one too. I really like how they change it. <laughs> the two monsters, man, in their little airplanes fighting Kong. <laughs> the final monster. It's yeah. a lot more um uh, like centralized because in the in 33, it's like they get like a ragtag group of like planes are just sitting around. But this time it's the actual Air Force coming in to take Kong down. Mm-hmm. So you get more of them. It's a really cool set piece too. Like it gets a lot more um uh, action packed than the originals. Yeah. yeah, I feel I feel it kind of covers the same kind of vibe because they do a lot of like cutting back and forth between like yeah and like on the tower. Also really on the King one. Kong soundtrack, it's like actually cut into six parts. It's called "Beauty Killed the Beast" and it's like twenty minutes long. Man. Oh my like, god, the entire thing. That's cool, huh? <laughs> it's, it's a t- can we quickly? Yeah, can we quickly discuss the soundtrack and how fucking? Oh good yeah. It that that was that other thing next I was gonna say. Funny enough though, this soundtrack was was not the original one because Peter Jackson replaced oh, the yeah. composer six weeks before. I remember that. Yeah, that's kind of dang. The and original composer, the original composer was a Lord of the Rings composer, but both Peter Jackson and Howard Shore agreed that he just wasn't working for what Peter Jackson wanted, so they mutually agreed to to have him bow out. And instead, and he said he brought in he brought in James Newton Howard, who did Atlantis, Disney Atlantis. Yeah. Oh, really? The Lost Empire. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. That he did I such would... a good job on 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 the score. I still listen to it like like quite often. I think it's one of my one of my like favorite soundtracks. It's, it's like that sweeping theme for when they get to the island and stuff. It's like and like that little piano pling plonk pling for King Kong. It's just. It's all really emotional, very charged. It's all very classical cinema. Like, yeah. like, like the whole film is just completely, like, it, like the soundtrack is just another extended arm of Peter Jackson's like obvious romantic love. Like, you know, get a room with the Thirty Three film. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it, it's it's yeah. great. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it is really good. Really strong. I agree. Definitely oh. a lot to the scale mm-hmm. of it. But um, sorry, what were we saying? Oh, 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 no, 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 I'm just going to say, Crash, once you're done, I'm going to ask them RF and tell them what they think of the score. Oh, yeah. But, you know, just, just think, I, I pretty much agree. Like, all, mm-hmm. all the music he did, especially even, like, Kong with a little theme like that. Yeah. It really, like, helps a lot. And I think it's all just part of, like, Peter Jackson's style. He just, like, knows how to make, like, an epic movie. And I think for yeah. Kong, like, it works so well here. And it, it, it all comes together like that with the music, especially. My particular favorite track is Kong's death track because that that song is so sad. It's such a yeah. like depressing track. Okay, but you want to know the most frustrating part about that? When, what? Uh, it's separated into two tracks on the soundtrack. Oh, oh like, no! It is like it, it's uh, like the choir part. Like they leave the last note of the choir part for the second uh, for the last part of Beauty Killed the Beast. Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a ton. Did you have any thoughts on the, on the score? Oh no, Do, we, no. we lost. Ton, ton, get it. Oh no. Okay, okay. We well, while he gets it back, yeah, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. the music was excellent. Said that though, but um, yeah. What's what's our next topic then? Well, I was going to also bring up, because Dan reminded me, 
Because Dan reminded me, I, I absolutely adore um all the little references to Kong 33 that gets fit into here. Oh yeah, I agree. I love it. <laughs> they pack it full of a lot of small stuff like that. <laughs> like, like, particularly what I find really funny to me is when they bring in the original um, uh, Skull Islander costumes. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I noticed that at the, end, the end. end with the you know with the Kong celebration. We're like they're about to unveil him. Yeah, they have the people like the natives like representing them like yeah the original Kong like native costumes. It was a nice touch like that. A lot of small things like we mentioned before when they're filming the movie. You know they're using like actual literal thirty Kong thirty three dialogue like for Indian yeah. scripts and even recreating small scenes you know like Anne stealing the apple or mm-hmm. a really funny one was um one of the car in the beginning of the movie talking about getting an actor. They're like, oh, can we get Faye Ray? It's like, oh, no, she's working with RKO. Another picture right now. Yeah. And and, like, and, and, nice. and, and the, uh, the other funniest thing, thing to me with that is, um, uh, is, like, is like to me, when they're like, oh, damn it, she's working with Marion C. Cooper. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's just like, it's the attention to detail that you just like this is the sort of thing you'd see in um in a comic book movie which is referencing the original like source yeah just as an example like you can tell it's just really cool to see somebody who like obviously has a passion for the genre mm-hmm. and for the original film like it just it you know, it's just it's obviously a passion project it did it, it, it does feel really great i have no real attachment to the original film but mm-hmm. i feel like I I mean, I feel like I would, I do through the osmosis of experiencing Peter Jackson's, like, you know, love and adoration for, the, mm-hmm. for it, through this. That's, that's, that's a really good point, because I think even if you're not, like, attached to something, seeing a project with, like, so much love and passion from it, you can really just kind of feel and appreciate that, like, love he has for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's really cool to see. Like, he cares so much about Kong, and he put all his all into this movie. Yeah, and I guess the final topic which I want to do before we close out is, I guess, about the themes of Congo 5, and I guess, RF, I'll have to talk about that first, I feel like you have a lot of thoughts on what the movie's trying to say. Um, yeah, I do have a lot of thoughts that uh, kind of sort of came to me, like, in my later years. I didn't really think too much about it <laughs> when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Dan said something similar, which is that there is kind of this very anti-colonial message within the movie, considering the how like Kong is treat Kong is treated, and how a lot of things on Skull Island that are wonderful, fantastic, and beautiful are ruined by like the crew, uh, the Venture crew, and by Carl Denham's intervention. Mm-hmm. They even have a line where they say that uh, that's the thing about Carl Denham. He always destroys the things he loves most. Yeah. I would agree with that. That's a really prominent theme throughout it. Yeah, it's true. Could we, I mean, you know, we, we see like, it's like they just kind of fucking fuck up. Yeah, and they, okay. Obviously, they have sucked, but I guess they do kill the natives there. And um, with Kong, you know, they pull him off the island, just leaving it like in a horrible state than like when it was when they got there mm-hmm. that's true that's a really strong message i don't think i really well i think it's something you pick up but more like subconsciously with this movie but yeah, yeah. this one i think it's a lot more prominent here yeah i, I also feel like um oh oh, oh wait time go ahead oh yeah oh, i was just gonna agree with RF. i think 
this movie has a lot of interesting things to kind of say about colonialism and kind of its inspiration. It's both inspired, but also very critical. Yeah. Kind of like a nostalgic view in the past. Because it shows very much the flaws of kind of like that interwar era of America. Yeah. The 1930s is really shown as kind of a shitty time, honestly. Yeah. It's not even romanticized it, at all. Yeah. Like, everything is dirty and grimy. People are not, like, that nice. They capture it really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff here about, like, animal rights, too, in Congo 5. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting, like, they make a very big deal about the fact that Kong is being mistreated here. Mm-hmm. God, he looks so miserable uh, when he's on the <laughs> stage. Just, like, yeah. absolutely, like, distraught. And it's kind of sad that, like, yeah, no, he dies in this unknown world that he knows nothing about. You do start to feel emotions, like when he's climbing that tower, and at the end when they say, "Well, he must have known he was going to die." It's like, well, he was confused. Like it, it feels. Um, I do. I do think if you compare it from what little I do remember of Thirty Three is how if you compare that to this, it's it's so interesting that in just under a hundred, like just under a hundred years, like we've come from Kong is the monster. He is like a threat to modern civilization. He's a wonder, but like he's dangerous. And now it's Kong is and um, represents <laughs> our destruction of mm-hmm. the world. Like you know, he's he is mm-hmm. um, innocent, and it's just, it is really sad. It's a really emotional ending. I I I must have cried at some point as a kid. I was crying at fucking Dark Knight Ri- Return Rises, so <laughs> I must have cried at Kong. I I must have. <laughs> mm. It's a really strong ending. They. They dramatize the chest well enough. There's some fuel for yeah. the top. But it works really well. <coughs> Poor Kong's like, oh, he's fucking dying. What a man. I know, right? <laughs> he's probably stopped doing that. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's a great scene. I agree. King, King, King Kong d- d- doesn't even live in the movie titled King Kong Lives, so. Yeah, but come <laughs> on. <laughs> man, come on, Kong. But, um, oh, oh, wait, Crash. Before we go down. I went. <laughs> Bring up the final topic. Okay, so we're keeping up with the series. You know that Kong movies are really messy with the conventions about this. It's very confusing not coming together. And this one, this is the first Kong movie where they actually call the island Skull Island. Yes. Like because it's so fucking dramatic in the movie. And I'm like, hey, this is for me. Oh, when he types it like, in. Yeah, that's like S K S U. They're like focusing so much on it. I was like, oh, yes. This is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> they do that so much. This is Skull Island, but then um, at the same time, they, they don't say King, King Kong. Kong. Yeah, Kong King Kong, which is accurate with how it was in thirty-three. So I assume it was intentional. Yeah, uh, I feel like it, I feel like I feel like it, it's a ref to that because Probably. they only have, have have the cedar banner too. Yeah, exactly. And and so what that my conclusion is now that there's no King Kong movie where they call him King Kong. Also called the Island Skull Island. Because I don't know there is isn't. King Kong because they're right. Yeah, so that's a real good thing to me because like those two names are so synonymous with like the world, but they've never been together in the same movie. Yeah, to me. <coughs> also, shout out to Kong fucking like killing like twenty different fake and there was by the 
Yeah. <laughs> so many fake ass. Just kidding. <laughs> Any blonde lady Kong picked up looked and then fucking yeeted. <laughs> a lot of people die in that final rampage scene. Yeah. I hold I hold Jack partially responsible because when he gets in that taxi, he's driving. Yeah, I'm driving to the most yeah. area. It, it's like <laughs> so weird. He's like, oh, I'll drive him, I'll pull him away from uh, the, the violence. It's like, well, you, you pulled him into bro? more. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> you know, what? It's just like he like he's driving on like the fucking pavement and there's like people he, getting he's hit. He's driving like the sidewalk and she's like, come on, Jack. Come I, on. I like to think it's because he doesn't drive much because um, <laughs> he's getting a cab everywhere. But That's then, true. Maybe. But then... But then he's like doing fucking dirt, dirt slide, like drifts and shit. It's, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. The intense action will make you a skilled driver in any situation. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, I think, I think, I think that's a good place to, to end up, to end off on. I'm a crash. Do you want to give us your closing thoughts of the movie? Yeah, sure. So I, this is a really, really loving remake of 33. You can tell there's so much hard passion, Peter Jackson, into this. And it's probably one of the most engaging and interesting King Kong movies of all of them. I would absolutely recommend this one. Mm -hmm. Especially if you love the original 33, or even if you've never seen a Kong movie, I think this is a really great place to start. And yeah. go back a few times, because, you know, kind of whatever. But <laughs> it, it's, it's a really great one, honestly. So you'd recommend easily. Yeah. RF? Uh, yeah, I, this is, uh, one of my favorite movies. It definitely helped to, uh, catapult my love for, like, storytelling and for, like, just world building, uh, to new heights. And I remember after this movie, I was starting to write and draw a lot more. So mm -hmm. I have a lot to thank for, from this movie. Ton. Yeah, um, I love this one. It's probably one of my favorites that we watched so far outside 33. Um, comes highly, highly recommended, especially the extended clip <laughs> you have at the time. But the theatrical is really good, too. Mm -hmm. um, Peter Jackson movies are always a fun time. You're going to have fun watching this. Um, and if you're someone who prefers mo more modern movies, you probably prefer this one over 33. So, mm -hmm. yeah, highly recommend it. Dan, um, don't watch this ever. No, I'm joking. Uh, everybody, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I practically begged Faye to come on this episode. So, uh, <laughs> um, I would say 33, um, no, not 33, Congo, Congo 5 is it's like it's a love letter. I feel like it's like probably if you have kids, it's probably like if they're like hitting, hitting like 10 something, I'd probably say. This is a great film to like instill some wonder. It's it's a good like evening of fun with a lot of heart. It's it's not to rag on modern modern blockbusters because I hate doing that, but there is something missing today that this film had of like the early two thousands era of cinema, where I don't know, like you could tell this film wasn't made for 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 money. It wasn't made for a franchise. It was made because this was somebody's passion project, and mm -hmm. it really shines. And I think that um the effects are incredible it's it's amazing it's got a lot of heart got a lot of love sorry i really rattled on them it's great everybody watch it ever <laughs> that's your homework for today watch right now <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah exactly but yeah for me this is my personal favorite king kong movie 
And I feel like it's one of my favorite like um, Jam Watch movies in general. It's, it's number 12 on my personal list I have going. And that's because it's a really fantastic film. Great um, uh, fleshing out of the monsters. Incredible action. Like, like, like Dan was saying, this is this is Peter Jackson's passion project through and through. The human characters are nice and developed. It's definitely on the long end, so set aside your night for it. But as long mm. as you're willing to go with it, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Get through the first hour, which I think people have to grow on at first sometimes. But once you reach like the monster stuff, you're really going to enjoy it. All right, I'm a RF. Where can people find you? Um, for now, just on uh, Twitter on Prime Spinosaur, uh, I literally just tweet my political opinions and occasionally say really stupid stuff. Uh, <laughs> like all Twitter users. But I'm actually ho- uh, I'm actually hoping to use it eventually to plug in a project that my girlfriend are, and I are working on. We have to uh, work on it more before I make any sort of announcement for it, but mm-hmm. yeah, you can just find me there on, twi- uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I don't have a YouTube channel or anything. I kind of just <laughs> parasite off of <laughs> Fear of Futures and Fossils. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm a uh... Dan, where can, where can people find you? Um, well, uh, similar. I'm, I'm on Twitter at revisedan, and um, uh, yeah, I post I post a lot of art on there, a lot of very um, shit hot takes, um, <laughs> and um, I do have a YouTube channel, but it is currently a work in progress. Um, but yeah, I'm working on some. Um, it's the same name as Revised Dan for YouTube, and I'm working on a. On a very long video series right now, so <laughs> there is oh. something coming. But, um, it's being taken up time with art projects and stuff, and yeah, that that's literally all I am. I'm just a YouTube, <laughs> a, um, a Twitter account which draws monsters. <laughs> all right, awesome. So once again, RF Dan, thank you guys for coming on again. Thank you, thank you for having, having me us. again. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Next week we will we'll, we'll be having our final usual episode. For Kong, which will be Kong Skull Island right before Godzilla vs. Kong comes out. We have quite a lot of stuff coming up, actually. We have the Easter special for Matra. We have the final Kong Roundtable Roundup of all the Kong movies. And we're going to have a very special episode of Godzilla vs. Kong where RF will be back on for that, as well as Porcosaurus. So, get hyped for that. Alright, everyone, thank mm-hmm. you for listening and have a, and have, and have a good day. Yep. Have a good day.